welcome to The Family Business. I'm your host, Shannon. I'm Donna. And I'm Z. And tonight we are going to be discussing episode 14 entitled Nightmare. And this is an episode where we start learning a whole lot about Sam, about his visions, about where they may be going, and the fact that somebody else experiences things like that and not just Sam. I like this episode. Now, Shannon and I were talking earlier, and we kind of are not in complete agreement on this, but I feel like the backstory and the lore was put in there subtly enough that if you didn't know it was there, you might not notice it. And I can see that. I mean, I just think that... Uh, I, and, and don't get me wrong, I love this episode. I think it was a really good episode for multiple reasons. I just think that we started kind of belaboring the point a little bit near the end. Okay. So... Yeah. Sam was trying too hard to, to jump to the end. Sam was trying too hard to draw that we're the same. And Dean was never going to accept that. Right. Yeah. That there's any similarity between Sam and Max. Yeah. yeah. And, and the thing is, is, I think that Dean obviously loves Sam. Dean, you know, their family, blah, blah, blah. But if I am ever negotiating with, with a hostage taker, I don't want Dean around me because we're all going to die. Oh, right. For sure. <laughs> for sure. So, so, yeah, I mean, just if somebody's got a gun, leave Dean at home. That's all i got to say, especially if you want to get out of it alive. <laughs> so, z- z- yes, go ahead, sorry. Oh, I was going to say about drawing, Sam drawing the, the conclusion. Sometimes we'll see similarities in, like, the names, like, in Wendigo, there was Tommy and Sammy. In this one, it was Sam and Max, both three letters, one syllable, an A in the middle. And I, I kind of felt like it wasn't necessarily Sam trying to get us to draw that that connection, as it was the writers. Because I felt oh, like that absolutely. was a little forced. Absolutely, the writers were, but where Sam was saying, you know... I think, when I say Dean wasn't going to accept it, what I mean was Dean is seeing this abused kid who's doing evil things yeah and sam was seeing this kid who lost his mother the same way that sam lost his mother and had powers like sam had and those two views of max were never going to come together right is really where i'm coming from yeah i got you i can see that so z anything on the lore for this episode we we didn't learn the name of, of whatever this thing is that has killed their mothers but like you said we've we've learned that whatever it is either results in or is because of their potential for these weird powers. Right. I will say that I thought one of the funny aspects of this was that they show up at the house dressed up as priests. I think it was Sam said, this is a new low for us. Mm-hmm. And, and I just thought that that was really funny that they showed up dressed as priests. And then Dean even, he's like trying to sell it so hard that he's just like going overboard with it. And, you know, Sam's just like, dude, come on, <laughs> back off a little bit. Chill yeah. out. Yeah. So, it's a little ridiculous. Yeah. I, I mean, watching that, because we're in the Bible Belt, so watching that, I was like, nobody would believe this. Like, you're not yeah. saying anything that anybody says. Right. Like, yeah. Well, and not only that, but Catholic priests. I mean, Catholics just, I mean, yeah. those are not the types of things that Catholics talk about or how they talk about with God. You know, you're right. They were talking more like evangelicals. Yes. Mm-hmm. Than, and less like Catholic. Yeah, so maybe if they had dressed up as Mormons or something, then maybe that would have gone over a little bit better with how they were talking. But yeah, but yeah Catholics, no, it's not going to uh, it's not going to go over. Donnie, you looked like you were going to say something. 
Did I? You had your hand like you were getting ready to punctuate something. You did a wave like, excuse you, I think but I, I have something I to don't, say. I don't know what it was. <laughs> so maybe I'm just casting spells in the air. I don't know. <laughs> okay. No, I just, so we, we start off with a man dying by unintentional asphyxiation. Right. And then after we meet the family, you know, actually I want to talk about that stepmom for a minute. Okay. Because... I really think she might just be really super stoned all the time. <laughs> and I say that because she has this really soft, slurred, slow way of speaking. Mm -hmm. And even when at the end Max was attacking her, she was just like, no, Max, please. That was really weird because I, I like that actress because I've seen her and grew up with her on Sabrina, the Teenage mm -hmm. Witch, who's yep. one of the ants. Yeah. Um, she was Zelda, she, right? Yes. Yeah. And so, so when I saw her, I was actually like, Zelda! And I was in the library, and I was like, oh, snap. <laughs> um, but that was, I was kind of upset with it, because she has inflection and, and pizzazz and personality on Sabrina, and then this one, she, you're right, she was just looked like she was doped up on some kind of anxiety medication or something. So I'm going to come at this from a different angle. And I'm going to come at this from the angle of my work without going into what it is that I do. But I will say that for somebody who has either experienced or witnessed repeated horrific trauma, it affects you mentally, it affects you emotionally, it can also affect you physically. Even without physical abuse, the, the emotional and mental abuse can affect you physically. So I was looking at it from that aspect. And two, I think she had to learn to have a soft voice, to not come across as being authoritative, to not come across as being questioning or judgmental or intrusive or any of those things. And I think even though her husband was dead, even though her brother-in-law was dead, enough time had not passed to where she was going to get past that learned behavior. Sure, sure, sure. And so that's why I think that she was talking in that way is because she herself, even though, you know, as Max pointed out, she did nothing to help him, she was still a victim in and of herself. Near the very end, when she just kind of wailed out, I've lost everyone. Yes. That was heartbreaking. Yeah. 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 Even even at that point, you know, she's not really that great a person. That was just, that just broke my heart. Yeah. You could tell through that conversation that she seemed like she was playing a role. Which, a and she, she was, kind of. Right. Like, she was lying to the police. And it almost seemed a little bit like she's done this before. She's lied about something to right. hide something. Yeah. Probably from her abusive husband. Or the that, police. Yeah, or the police. Mm -hmm. But that right there, that line was like, that was not a lie. That was her. And yeah. that was like very distinct in that, that scene. And, and to the point too, where I was like, with Sam and Dean, they had told the police, you know, well, we're, they were friends of the family. And then they didn't go comfort her whenever she said that. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, oh my God, you bastards. How can you just leave this woman here mm -hmm. having, you know, just spilled her guts mm -hmm. for this. And it's obvious that she's in pain. Now, the thing is, is like Max said, she did nothing. And, and Donna and I were talking before we started the podcast, and basically what she would she would be guilty of neglect because she failed to protect Max, 
she failed to report what was going on. And even like the, the, the old neighbor said that, you know, that he had called the police several times, nothing came of it. So obviously, as he said, you know, she was lying to the police at the end, but I do think that she had been lying to the police all along. Yeah. And so she was obviously neglectful of Max. And, and I think that Max had every right to be upset with her because even though she was not his mother, she was an adult and she should have done what she could to protect him. Yeah. And again, I, I'm not trying to blame her because I do think that she was a victim herself, but at the same time, she had a duty as an adult, as a stepmother, to protect him, especially from as horrific abuse as what he was sustaining all throughout his childhood and even into his young adulthood. Mm. And I thought we were going to get political with last episode. <laughs> well, this I know. Was a, this, was a, this was an episode that gave me some serious feelings. Yeah, it, it's, definitely, it's definitely very graphic. It exposes a horrific evil side of humanity that most people either want to think doesn't happen or they don't experience it themselves so they're able to downplay it. But for people who see this or experience this on a day-to-day -day basis, mm -hmm. this episode was really hard to watch. Let me ask you one question, because, because maybe I'm wrong on this too. Though I have profound sympathy for Max, for what he's feeling, for his fear, right until the time he gets out of high school. And at that point, I'm like, leave. He, Dude! He came back, too. Leave. Right. He, he mentions, when Sam is talking to him, he says that he moves back home. He's trying to save up for school and stuff. Yeah. And like, right. I, I tried to save up for school, and that it didn't happen. Right. But I didn't move back in with my parents. Like, well, uh, and we have to be careful because the parallel can be drawn to women who are in abusive relationships. Yes, well, why didn't she just leave? Why didn't she just pack up? Why didn't she just go? Sometimes it's not that easy. Okay. And especially, you know, whenever you're the victim of abuse for so long, it does affect you psychologically. It, there have been studies done that show that it affects, like, your brain development and, and all of that. So it's a... Even emotional abuse has a physical toll. Okay. Well, then I withdraw my <laughs> my objection to Max there. So, and I apologize to everybody who was like, oh my God, they're not talking about Supernatural. They're talking about domestic violence and abuse and <laughs> all that. We really are talking about Supernatural. We love the episode. It's just, I think that the writer did a very good job of showing what abuse is like. So and the thing for me that I felt like made this episode so much more horrific, even though it wasn't, you know, as scary. Like there's been scarier episodes, like, right? Like uh, Scarecrow, Hookman, like all of those were like super scary. But this one was just more horrific yeah. because it, it showed the immediate after effects of the event. Like if you if you take the last episode that we we did, which was uh, Route 666, these murders had happened and this event or whatever had happened 40 years earlier. And now right. the spirit is back to get revenge and everybody's kind of dealt with it in their own way. Like this is happening yeah. years, like barely a few years after the event that has caused this right to happen well and max said what do you mean whenever i was a kid this just happened like last week or a week yeah. ago or something yeah. a few weeks ago something like that because then he shows those horrific bruises that he has on his ribs makeup 
did really good in this yeah. episode. <laughs> I'm going to say so. I loved that there were, well, love may not be the right word, but the, <laughs> the actual scrapes, mm-hmm. like like the person who hit him had a ring yes. or something. Well, yeah. He was married, so. That was, that was, yeah. whew, that was an attention to detail that actually bothered me because yeah. that meant that somebody had seen yeah. those kind of bruises. Yeah. And I, oops, sorry, go ahead. One of the, the things that, that I didn't like about this episode, though, as far as makeup goes, is I felt it was like it almost tried to do a little bit of, sh- of the shock factor. Like, in Sam's vision, whenever Alice gets stabbed through the eye, like, I felt like that was very almost a shock factory. Like, it was like, I don't know. I, I wasn't a fan of it. And then when in the in the vision when Dean gets shot in the head, like, like it shows it up until the second that the bullet passes through his head. Like, and I am not. I will say that I think that they did that to show the stakes that Sam was having to fight against. But they did it throughout, like, for everybody. Let me say this. I'm not sure if we were seeing what was actually going to happen or if we were seeing what Max planned to happen. And if we were seeing what Max planned to happen, then that could explain kind of the splatter gore right that we were because sam was saying that they were connected that Mm -hmm. that 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 was most likely why he was experiencing even more than he had experienced before especially during the daytime is because there was that connection and so it is possible that he was picking up not on what was going to happen but like you said what max had planned so that's that's very possible i don't know if max could plan that dean would move in front of alice and say those exact lines well, and... but but Max thinks that he's a priest, or has at least up until this point, until he realizes that Dean's carrying a gun. With this, I mean, obviously they'd already shown that they didn't want Alice to be killed, and so I think it was an easy extrapolation to show that Dean would impose himself so that Alice wouldn't be hurt. Mm. I don't know. I could be wrong. We need to take a break because obviously we are getting so wrapped up in this episode that we're not going to do that. Let's start by asking you all to visit iTunes or Google Play and hit that subscribe button and do a rate and review for us. It makes us feel good. I'm going to also suggest that you tweet about us and tell a friend. Maybe you've got someone who would really enjoy listening to us talk about this fantastic show. You can learn more about us, interact with us on various places on social media. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram at thefamilybusiness underscore spnfancast. And you can interact with us on... Twitter at TFB underscore SPNFancast. And then all of the Snark podcasts are on Tumblr at snarkcast.tumblr.com. That includes Once More with Feeling, which is a 20th anniversary Buffy fancast, Collective Snark, which is about nerdy pop culture goodness, and Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, which is a good cool sky to work. And you can find all of those and a whole bunch more fantastic podcasts on Gumby Cat Networks. That's GumbyCatNetworks.com. Okay. I do have some significant things I want to discuss about this episode, though. Okay, well, why don't you get us started? I'm going to start with two quotes, one near the beginning and one near the end. Sammy says, it's never been in our family like this. And I forget what the context of that was. That would have been a whole lot more significant. But basically, they were talking about magic and supernatural stuff being in the family. And Sammy says it's never been in our family, Mm -hmm. which is wrong. (laughs) (laughs) For those of you who can't see me looking out of the side of my eyes, Donna, that's because that's the spoiler police coming out. (laughs) 
So join us in about five years whenever we start talking about that. And the last quote was near the end when Sammy was trying to convince Dean, uh, you know, that there was something going on, that, you know, Max's mother had died and Sam's mother had died in their nursery. And Sammy says, maybe we were chosen. And Dean says, chosen for what? And I will just say, that's an important question. Well, the other thing that Sam was saying is that he said that their family was cursed. And Dean said that our family's not cursed, it just has dark spots. <laughs> and so I thought that that was kind of a funny, interesting way to, to put that. Because, yeah, it definitely does have some dark spots. So in Dead in the Water, mm-hmm. um, the little boy Lucas, I believe is his name, seems to have some kind of psychic ability. And he's able to kind of connect with the spirit. And one of the things that Sam and Dean mentioned, Sam specifically mentions, is that sometimes young children who experience trauma kind of connect in a psychic way. Right. And so I was a little, like, not surprised, but I was kind of hoping that they would do a little bit of a throwback to that in this episode. Because Sam, I mean, maybe he doesn't remember it, but he experienced it. He was in his nursery when it caught fire. I understand where you're coming from, and I think it's a really cool theory, but for those of us who know well, what yeah. really happened... And I know what really so, happened. So, yeah, I know. But, you <laughs> know, so... I just, he, didn't, he doesn't make that connection. You know, in every episode, there seems to be, like, a, a, a two-second red herring where they're like, could it be this? Could it be this? And then they find out what it, what it is. If you guys will remember in the episode Asylum, we had the discussion about orbing, which we're pretty sure that was the only time we ever experienced orbing. And I think we've got another thing in this episode that I don't remember us ever seeing again, and it's the handy-dandy futuristic little gadget, the uh, infrared scanner, thermal scanner that Dean's walking around the upstairs with. Uh, it looked really cool, but I don't think we ever see that thing again. I thought they were—I thought they were supposed to mimic like dowsing rods because they like crossed, but they didn't ever uncross. They were yeah. just constantly crossed. Yeah. And I remember thinking like Dean gets continued to be portrayed as the not that smart brother. Like right. Sam is definitely the bit more of a techno whiz, the researcher. Right. So I have a really hard time that Dean came up with this, and they never mentioned that Dean didn't come up with this, and he was the one that created the EMF Walkman thing. Right. So. Well, I'm gonna quibble with you on semantics because I don't agree that Dean's not the smart one. I, Dean yeah. is perhaps less well educated. Yes. Dean is plenty smart. He, yes. well, and he's also savvy. I mean, yes. he is smart in the ways of hunting, which yeah. is, as far as he's concerned, the only thing he needs to be smart in. Yes. So, which that does entail a lot. I mean, that being mm-hmm. smart in the ways of hunting entails a lot. So, also, he's perfect. This is true. Okay. He's perfect. I know. I know. I know. So, God, I really don't want to get back into the abuse because uh, we we covered that so much. I I will say that I think it was really interesting whenever Dean was questioning Alice about the house. And it's like, oh, I bet this old house you hear a lot of creaks and rattles and flight flickering and all of that. And she's like, oh, no, it's a perfect home. That's actually the line. Of course, it was I wrote that line down because of the way she was speaking. But yeah, she says, no, nothing like that. It's been perfect. Well, and then we go later 
to Max whenever they start questioning Max about where they used to live, and Max tells his lie about how everything was normal, everything was happy, mm-hmm. and all of that. And so we have two different houses, two different locations that are given the impression of normality and perfection, but it's anything but. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that that was a, a really interesting parallel mm-hmm. to draw between those two things because we're trying to link the supernatural and then we start linking the mundane and everything is dis- is described as normal and perfect and happy. So I thought that was a really interesting thing that they did. It was. There was a point when Sam has his third vision and he's kind of collapsing and Dean doesn't say, are you okay? He says, hey, what's wrong with you? It's like he's skipping right past the I'm fine, I'm fine part of the conversation. So one thing, too, that with the uh, with the connection between Sam and Max that, that Dean tries to, to refute and everything is Dean telling Sam, well, you've got something that Max never had, mm-hmm. and that's me. Yes. And I think that that shows... You know, more of that love, that connection and everything. And that also, I think, too, may be what pisses Dean off a little bit with Sam trying to equate himself with Max. Yeah. In that Dean may feel like Sam is saying, well, none of that mattered. Mm -hmm. We still have that connection. We're still traumatized. We still have all all of these things. But Dean's like, no, dude, you've, you've got me. And I wouldn't let anything like that happen to you. And I wouldn't let you do anything like that. Right, right. And I think it was telling, too, in that Sam said, we're lucky we had Dad. Yeah. And Dean said, I never thought I would hear you say that. I think that that was very telling about the relationship, too. And I think that that was something that that Sam could really appreciate about John, finally, is that even though Mary died, she was taken away in a horrific manner, and they didn't have a typical childhood... At least Dad wasn't drinking. At least Dad wasn't beating the shit out of them. You yeah. know, it could have been worse. I want to mention something that's kind of superficial. Okay. So in this in this episode and in the last episode, both of the blondes that are in every episode have been kind of elderly, quote-unquote. Or uh, older. Older, yeah. That's what I mean. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know words. Older. They are but, not Elderly. Okay, no, here's the, here's the thing, though, is that the woman... They were plays... like 36 at no, least. No, 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 no. <laughs> the woman... No, 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 no. The woman that played Alice played Zelda in the, like, the Spring of the Teenage Witch series, and right. she must have been in her 30s, and it's been at least 15... Oh. <laughs> yeah, thank you for proving my point. <laughs> I... Okay, I'm sorry. Anyways, my... Z yes. apologizes for being 23. Yeah... Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so I don't know. I felt like she looked older than the the part that she's supposed to play, and maybe you could pass that off as like she's experienced a lot of trauma. Trauma ages you. And Max looks like he's like in his thirties, but if he's trying to save up to go to school, like he, I mean, ah, uh, no, he shouldn't be that old. I don't know. I was thinking. Did he look like he was he in was his thirties? He looked like me. he was old. Hey, your head is going to bob right <laughs> off of your shoulders. <laughs> he looked now, really old. His hairline was receding. Like he was like had super bad like crow's feet. Uh, I wish you could see my expression. <laughs> this started when I was eighteen. Thank you very much. All I'm saying is 
They I'm, have done a really great job at I'm casting so far. I'm going to need you to check your age privilege. <laughs> <sighs> no, I had no problem believing Max was 22. He and, was not 22. And <laughs> as a matter of fact, I I think that the actor who portrayed Max was, did an amazing job with this because... I really hope he was not a method actor because if he was, he put himself through the goddamn ringer for this episode. Mm. Because this was this was not an easy episode. I I really hope that you know they were like calling Robin Williams and having him tell jokes or something because holy crap, this yeah, was a heavy episode. I'm not saying they're they're bad actors because they're oh, I know. really great. I, you actors. just don't think they're you just but, think they're elderly because no, they're no, in their I didn't 30s. mean elderly. I just no no. <laughs> I thought um, Max looked like he was probably in his mid-30s. Feel free to leave a comment for Z. <laughs> he looked old. I'm sorry. I have a bunch of friends and none of them look that old. Unless they're that old. Mm-hmm. You, you can stop talking. You have time now. Will Rogers has a saying that pretty much goes, as soon as you find yourself in a hole, you should stop digging. <clears throat> I don't ever quit. Brendan Fletcher, who played Max, is currently 35. He did not age well. It looks good to me. <laughs> okay, so Brendan, we, we apologize for Z. Get at me, Brendan. <laughs> I won't kick you out of it. Uh, okay. So now that Z has, you know, thoroughly sidetracked us with her horrific ageism and everything. Yeah, um, I didn't know we had an ageist on the podcast. Yeah, we're we're going to have to reevaluate re the cast. <laughs> so, is there anything where we're almost out of time because of, you know, horrific things that were being said? But anyway, does anybody have anything that they would like to close out with? Yes. Once again, the whole story got solved with a big chunk of backstory being dumped on us. Yeah. And I just feel like they can do better. They have done better in the past. They can do better. Yeah. I thought, I thought last episode was... Was okay. I agree with you on this one, though. This one was uh, was a dump. Yeah. Could they not have found one police report? You know. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know. really dress up as anything, like more than one thing in an episode, do they? Though. Typically, no. Typically, what we at this point we've only seen them once dress up in like actual monkey suits for being FBI agents. This is the first but i don't think last time that they dress up as priests i could be wrong about that though mm -hmm. not about the the first time but the not last time my only other thought is there is no way in hell i would stick my head out a window and then uh -uh. turn around and look up that shit would yeah. never happen in a million years no yeah i like honestly i was watching that and i my first thought was if, if i was standing there i would have kicked that window out of the hinges because that <laughs> there's something going on with that window uh -uh. No, like, it's gone. Goodbye. <laughs> I think there would have been a hammer and nail involved at the very least. Yeah. And just a minor correction, it's a frame, not hinges. Whatever. You God, you're so old. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Z and I are going to go fight. <laughs> so, yeah, before Z offends anybody else, we are going to go ahead and call it a day for this podcast. Wait. Oh, God, What? Who how else did, do you want to piss off? How did Dean say I love you? We didn't do that in the last episode either. Well, I we did in a way in that with the... I, I think that with Dean saying, well, you know, I you have me, 
which Max didn't. And also, I think, too, with Dean telling Sam, this didn't freak me, or this doesn't freak me out. Your, your visions don't freak me out. And then he's just kind of, like, looking at him out of the side of his eye going, oh, dude, you're totally fucking freaking me out. But, but yeah, I, I think that that's one of the main ways is that he's there with Sam regardless. So, yeah. all right. Anybody else you'd like to piss off before we go? Okay, great. <laughs> All right, so for those of you who are still listening, we invite you to come back next week whenever Z may or may not piss off people again. Uh, and we will be discussing the episode The Benders. So until then, carry on. Jerk. Bitch. <laughs> Gumby Cat Productions. Podcasts for podcast people. Meow. Meow.